Episode 213 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're live on location, third week in a row. We've got a lot going on. We do. It's our third brewery in three weeks. How fun. Spicy Boy Summer Revenge Tour 2021 keeps rolling right along. Indeed. And this week, we're coming to you live from Garfield, and I have a little dog, so I'm petting it throughout the episode, but it, <laughs> it, is, it is in the heart of Garfield, and we are at the Two Phrase Brewery, brand new brewery to Pittsburgh. And we are joined by Mike and Jen, owners, proprietors, and among other things, brewers and marketers and everything else. <laughs> All of the above. All and, of the above. And, and, and. And, and. <laughs> Correct. So, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us. Welcome to the brewery. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. This is, uh, this is the second time I've been here. The first time I was here uh, was for about 95 seconds as I Undercover. picked up. Undercover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the nice thing about having a podcast. Nobody knows what your face looks like. Especially during a pandemic. Hey, right. Especially what we look yeah. like. <laughs> Maybe mask. If you picked up cans, you may have been masked too. So I absolutely have, was. Right. Yep. Right. <laughs> got in, got out. Stealth yeah. missions. <laughs> Stealth missions. Checked everything out. But yeah, it, previous episodes, we have featured the two-phrase Kolsch. Mm-hmm. We did a whole big Kolsch episode as well. Um, but yeah, go back and check out the episode that we featured the two-phrase Kolsch. It's one of the better Kolsch's in Pittsburgh. And, and it's partly what's drawn us down here tonight. But uh, yeah, we're going to be drinking some more beers by Two Phrase. And with that, I'm going to let Mike introduce the first one of those. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for the comments about the Colts. Who we, that was literally batch zero. Um, <laughs> and the, we were happy with the turnout. We were happy with how the beer turned out. Um, so I appreciate that, you know, other, uh, it seems like you guys in the neighborhood and everybody who tastes it seems to like it. So thanks for the comments. We're happy that it's good. And we're just going to keep making more. There's this batch two here at the brewery. It's better than ever. We're just going to keep making it better and better every time. But yeah, so the, what we have first is um, really what was a uh, leftovers beer. Like, So you get into like, you know, the seventh or whatever, eighth beer. This was our eighth beer maybe. And it was the leftover hops. Some, You know, you buy hops and you have some leftovers. You buy the grain, you have some leftovers. And this was a, we always wanted to make a session IPA that was just fun and full and not wimpy and not just weak or so we, we we decided we were going to make something with what was left over, and that's kind of the creativity of this brewery is we 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 can almost make anything, we'll at least try. <laughs> and we took the leftovers from uh, a couple of the other IPAs that we made, the grain, of course, too, and uh, came up with this low ABV but high calorie, high, <laughs> uh, very full tasting session IPA that we call Always Sunny because. It's always sunny with a beer. Um, whenever you have a beer, no matter if it's raining or not here in Pittsburgh, and it's going to rain almost every day. But five minutes later, it's going to be sunny again. And uh, it's, it's always a good time for a beer. It's always sunny with a beer. Um, so, yeah, that's what this is. It's a, yeah, a 4.6% um, session IPA. And uh, we think it's pretty delicious. It's, it's a fun, delicious, little little but big beer. Awesome. Right can, can you tell us about some of the hops that went into it? Yeah, this is some Yukino, Azaka, uh, and then probably there's, I'm sure there's, we'll just say it, there's Galaxy in it. You know, that's going to make people giggle. There might be 
eight ounces in it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. It was literally like kind of what was left over. And so there's definitely Galaxy. There's a lot of Yukino, uh, Azaka for sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it was kind of a hodgepodge of what was left, uh, small quantities that added up to kind of like the 2.5 pounds per barrel. Awesome. Uh, session. I, uh, New England kind of volumes of hops that we need to get that juiciness, but it was the hodgepodge of what was left. Right on, right yeah. on. So with that in mind, uh, is this a one-off beer that can only be done once? Uh, <laughs> since it's kind of a uh, kind of a scrapple beer, not scrapple is a Philly Philly word. There, be careful <laughs> where we're coming from. Uh, no, we could do it again. It's all written down. We awesome. uh, we write things down. I do think though that you know this. There's a thing that we're kind of doing here where we are making some beers. Like our wheat beers are always in the summer. This summer they're the freeze tag series. So mm-hmm. we got like. Um, passion fruit freeze tag. We're going to making a guava freeze tag. So um, this could be a ver- like version one or whatever. I think if we did it again, we would kind of go with the tradition, the, the tradition of one, mm-hmm. but to continue that kind of idea to use what we have left to make another session, makes always sunny version two or whatever that is always, always sunny with a beer mm-hmm. um, September. I- I like that idea. To, to kind of be, kind of keep that the idea that we can, I don't know how much this works for marketing, but you know we're creative enough here that we can take what we have left, make a decent beer, and uh, you know this is selling like hotcakes right now. So awesome, we, we love it, and it's been good. It was, and like I said, it was just something that was left over from everything else. Yeah, right. so I think we'll make it again, but it might not be the same beer. It probably will be what we have left after. Yeah. You know, the next batches of ideas. That'll be version 1.1. <laughs> right, right. Keep See, it fun. In that case, you can like, you know, make a series and give it different names. So Correct. It's, it's yeah. like, it's mostly sunny. It's, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's becoming fall, so it's getting dark. Yeah, right. right. But it's, it, always, it's always windy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. 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 But it's still always sunny when you have a beer, though. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole idea is like, have a beer. It's going to put a smile on your face. Uh, it's always sunny with a beer. Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. So try it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just looking at it, it is a rather hazy beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot going on. Is Did you add like any kind of extra oats or anything else mm-hmm. to it that like hazed it up a bit? Yeah, there's oats and flaked oats, flaked wheat. Mm-hmm. Probably, if I remember right, some white wheat as well. Okay. Definitely flaked oats and wheat. Yeah. yeah. Right on. I, I, I got Because you were saying, you know, in, earlier in the, when you were describing it, that it has like a lot of mouthful. And I've already been taking pulls off of it. Same. So Same I, got, good. <laughs> I got I got a lot of that fullness, but it didn't seem like a lactose sweetness that's in there. So I, I automatically default to oats after that. But right, I also right. have to ask because I don't know. Right. No, so like a lot of the fullness, there's some of it's from the, the, the oats. But there's no lactose, mm-hmm. but it's, it was a high, super high mash temperature. It's 160, probably 161 degree mash leftover. So we left a lot of sugars behind mm-hmm. uh, during mashing. So it was a bigger grain bill than what 4.6% might look like. But that's because we were kind of inefficient with the mash to, cr- to leave behind a bunch of body. Right okay. with the beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It okay. was intentional to do it that way. Correct. Right yes. on, right on. Yeah. And it still helped get rid of like all that extra just leftover ingredient get it out of the way <laughs> yeah if you yeah if you're just gonna get old and then you know yeah. you don't want to throw anything away we're 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 an environmentally smart company here yeah. there you go <laughs> yeah yeah uh tasting it though like I, like i already said it does have that full richness to it but it's super smooth and like it's hoppy but like i don't i'm i'll defer to adam because he's not a big ipa fan but uh, the uh, the the uh, the hops aren't you know offensive they really aren't yeah no uh, yeah. I can tell on your level they're not <laughs> offensive to you. I find them flavorful at any smiling. level. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, my only complaint is that Fuggle wasn't part of the hop schedule. Wow. <laughs> so there's a lady down the street who I, they think they have Fuggle. We might be brewing with a locally grown Fuggle. <gasps> does that, intend, does that uh, entice you to come back? I'll take the lot. <laughs> I'll take it all. If you can make like a stout or a Berliner Weiss or something or a Hefeweizen with some Fuggle. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be on your doorstep, you know, like all the time. All right, good, good choice. <laughs> I like Fuggle too. We have not used it yet though. So I will buy That's enough. That you can buy a new fermenter. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I mean, looking forward to 2022. Like, okay. <laughs> Put it down on the schedule. Is it a 15 barrel instead of the seven? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> but yeah, overall, the, the beer is super drinkable. It's e- you know very easy to drink, and like you right. said, it's only like four six. So right. yeah, mm. this is definitely something that you can sit out in your beer garden space right. and just yeah put a bunch of these away. Oh yeah, for the afternoon. You're not going to feel it in your head, but you're going to feel it in your yeah belly mm-hmm. it's a it's a full calorie you can feel it in your calorie count that's right. yeah it's not a low low calorie it's beer. a it's a carb loader yeah yeah definitely right on as we say that we have a jogger going by the front window <laughs> burning his carbs we get a lot of attention the windows peeking are big in. yeah yeah a lot of we get a lot of peeking in everybody's still curious <laughs> what's going on i mean yeah kind of like looking back the brewery's part like what are you guys doing today what are you guys doing today we have a mm-hmm. lot of support from the from the community everybody likes to look in and see what's going on nice. awesome nice so let's just let's jump into it uh can you give us a little bit of a short history of uh, two phrase in general and how you came to be here in garfield yeah yeah um i'll share a little bit about that so i it, mike's really the the brewer right behind all of the the science part of it but we about 20 years ago, Mike's been brewing probably for about 20 years. Started with a homebrew home kit I yeah. bought for him for Christmas. It's your, your fault. Or, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, so brewing's been kind of something we've done for fun for a long time. But it wasn't really until 2016. Um, our careers kind of took us different places. And in 2016, Mike decided to stop what he was doing in his previous career and kind of try something new. And Brewery wasn't immediately it, but uh, shortly after that, he started a course at a small community college called Schoolcraft up in Michigan. Okay. And they have a brewing science course. That really kind of was the first entrance into like exploring this as a, as a career. Weren't really sure we were going to open a brewery, but it was definitely like an interest in a career kind of going uh, from automotive engineering to uh, brewery, brewing, something like that. Uh, quickly after that, I mean, we, my job took us to Nashville after he finished his certificate and he started as a um, assistant brewer. No, I was a keg cleaner. It keg. Was wonderful. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I cleaned kegs and loved it. Started at the bottom. He was a really good house husband and then yeah. also cleaned kegs. Yeah. But um, the uh, then eventually went brewing on a production scale. It was a microbrewery in uh, Nashville called Little Harpeth. And uh, eventually, lots of changes in owner, changes in ownership, changes in personnel ended up being like the only brewer there for some time. <laughs> oh. So little, little disruptive of a, of a business <laughs> there, but um, great beer that they make and mm-hmm. uh, ended up with getting some really good production experience. And that was probably the insight, the experience that gave us the idea of, mm, I think we could do this. Why don't we just open our own brewery? And the big question for us, since we've moved so many places, we've lived a bunch of places internationally and, and then in the U.S., where would we do it um, and what would this look like? So we kind of went on an exploration about a year trying to figure out where we would do it. I'm from Philadelphia. Mike's from Pittsburgh, uh, just a suburb of Pittsburgh. And so we decided either be near close family or close friends because mm-hmm. we felt like a network of support was going to be important mm-hmm. for this. And uh, but 
eventually through some research brought us here to Pittsburgh. And then after and a few trips. Definitely not the South. Definitely not. No, yeah. yeah we, we definitely do. not staying in Nashville. <laughs> yeah. We were kind of narrowed down to Philly or Pittsburgh. Right, and uh, right. Philly, yeah. Pittsburgh won out. So, <laughs> yes. fair enough, fair uh, enough. yeah. Won't get deeper into that conversation because it's not a, on, still a not on <laughs> point of contention. Yeah. <laughs> we can always turn the mics off later. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah. It's still we'll a point of contention. Tap room uh, two is probably required to be in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. All right. Maybe a second tap room. <laughs> but hey, it's nice to already know where you're going. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes it that much easier. Yeah. But Garfield really stood out to us in Pittsburgh because of really this the community around Garfield. Um, the, the strength of the community, while it's small here, is is pretty impressive. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it showed through even more through the pandemic, um, but that we even recognized it more. Um, it's a developing area. Um, we actually found this piece of real estate specifically that met just about everything we were looking for um, in criteria. So it was walkable neighborhood everywhere we've lived. One criteria was that we could walk our dogs, sit outside and have a beer after a long day, just go for a walk. It's always great to walk with a destination in mind. Mm-hmm. I hate just aimlessly walking. It's much less motivating. Yeah. <laughs> so, And the dogs usually have to go out at night before you go out. And it's always good just to sit outside and have a beer. And that was one of the areas, especially with the lot next door here and where we could create that patio space um, was really just everything kind of we had envisioned. Um, yeah, so that's kind of really how it came. Anything mm-hmm. I missed? No, I, I, no, I think you nailed it. Right. Good job. No, I think, I think you, sorry. I think, I think you, I think you nailed it. We love the neighbor. We live two blocks away. I mean, we love this neighborhood yeah. so much that, um, when we decided to plant roots, we, of the business, we also planted roots of, you know, where we were going to live personally. So we mm-hmm. walked to work. We did not walk here today because, we had to carry a bunch of crap, but <laughs> usually we walk here and it's, and it's great. And then and if you look up and down the street too, like we always had a vision of not doing a restaurant. Mm-hmm. We, we don't know that industry. It's hard. And we didn't want to be in that industry. But if you look up and down, like there's a pizza shop, two doors down, there's a, ta- right. a permanent taco truck on the corner. We got uh, Korean food on the next block and Indian food at the end of this, the, 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 the Korean food and the Indian food on this within a block is probably the best in Pittsburgh. And so we're, you know, it's a perfect location for beer. And then it's a perfect location to not have a restaurant because everybody can just bring everybody else has yep. one. Right. Like, we don't have to do it better, way yeah. better than we ever would. Like yes. take, take all, like they just made us feel better. Like we don't have to worry about food at all. Yeah. Right. So, that, and that's something we heard like two weeks ago, we were at Trace. You're, you're sort of, sort yep. of kind of neighbors over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Great yeah. people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Great staff. Oh yeah. Great staff. Don't great say hi because they're yeah. great. <laughs> and I mean, you could probably, if you really wanted to walk from there to here, but yeah, definitely bike. We've done it. You can bike between the two way easy. But yeah, they said the same thing of like they have so many restaurants they don't feel the need to call in food trucks as much because people yeah. just walk their food we would, in we would feel guilty calling food trucks in because we don't want to take business away from our neighbors and, mm-hmm. and and it's not been a problem there's not been a shortage of food um nobody's come and said you know we need food it, it, it's all just right here it's all within the neighborhood yeah. right we're good yeah, yeah. If, same, I, same. if i remember like uh the korean restaurant soju mm-hmm. opened up it opened up before the pandemic, correct? So that's nice that they're still around. And then uh, Spack Brothers, obviously, the pizza shop is very well known in mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. So yeah, yeah, you, you definitely have some good landmarks around here, which uh, is upsetting <laughs> because I have no idea what I'm going to get for food after we're done recording. I know, right? <laughs> but um, the, the, something I 
I wanted to ask about, and I know you guys haven't been, you haven't been open that long. You started selling cans in May and then, you know, you were able to open the space in June as restrictions were beginning to lift. And I don't know if it's come back, but I remember coming down to Garfield for uh, first Fridays <laughs> a lot. And they, they basically, it's an art walk where you go through a bunch of open businesses and people have, you know, art galleries, they just kind of pop up art galleries. And mm -hmm. some people have free beer, some people don't, but uh, now that there's a brewery down here, I, I wonder if, you know, would you guys be interested in participating in that part of the community if it's still a thing even? Like, I don't know. Oh, it's I don't, definitely a thing. It's, and it's coming thing. up this first Friday. I don't know if this will be recruited. It'll, yeah, it'll be yes, out. If you're listening on a Friday, <laughs> as you should. <laughs> you should. That's kind of why I'm teaching. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> always, always thinking. thinking. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, if it is coming up, yeah. Yeah, they restarted. I would say it, went, it's, it restarted back in June. They had it, mm -hmm. but it was on a small scale. But the first Friday in July was really Big their party. full, the first like, real. back okay. out the awesome. fr first Friday. And we were jammed. In fact, we got crashed by, what was the march? Colonel Eberger's high-stepping good time, time marching band. Okay. Wonderful. <laughs> there were dueling bands at they one point. They were dueling bands, and they literally came in the patio and just did a, a song for Holy us there. Shit. And it was it was awesome. Like, there's probably a recording out. I know there's pictures of it. There's but video. Definitely video of it somewhere. But um, it's it was awesome. I mean, it was great to see the neighborhood out. Um, yep. We did display, we've displayed artwork um, from uh, last last month, we did Vault uh, Studios, which is right across the street. So mm -hmm. we displayed artwork from them. This first Friday, we're gonna display artwork from Foolproof uh, right across the street uh, from us again. So really trying to support the neighborhood studios as well and share that, um, share, our, share our space. Um, but it's been, First Fridays is critical to this community. Mm. Um, it's it's for a lot the, of fun. For a lot. Mm. When they did close, um, it really took away a lot of revenue for small mm -hmm. shops here. And so it was, it's, it's really important to this community, but it's awesome. They brought back the food trucks, the music, um, right in front of stores. There's pop-up restaurants. Uh, we're open. We're open a little bit later. Um, we've had music. We've got a special, we did a special cocktail with our, um, our sour last, last Ooh, month. Like and we'll do another special cocktail with, um, with this month as well. So with there's just all on. kinds of fun, fun things going on. And if so, if you haven't been to Garfield, definitely first Fridays is the best, one of the best times to come. So Right on. Yeah. yeah. Definitely worth checking out. <laughs> it is. We've had lines out the door on first Fridays. It's, it's definitely a busy time, but yeah. it's everyone's out to have fun, which is the great yeah, thing. Yeah. It's a happy yeah. time. It's, yep. Yeah. Yep. It's awesome. Very social. Right on. Meet yeah. your friends. Yeah, that's great. And so if you're listening on a Friday, as you should, and hopefully Friday morning, then you can start making plans to coming down to two phrase and all the other art galleries and other venues that are open for people to peruse art this, yes. fr this Friday. Hours of fun. If not, then just come back September. It'll yep. be again first Friday of September. You we'll get have, it? We'll, <laughs> uh, we'll have another beer cocktail to serve in September. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then you get closer to the darker beers and then the really heavy cocktails. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be fun. That's going to be a fun darker part of the... Yeah, that. that's yep. going to be interesting how to make beer cocktails out of those heavy beers in the, yeah. in the, in the fall and in the winter. Yeah. Maybe October 1st Fridays has a little bit of Halloween candy in it. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but we will not do pumpkin beers. Oh, okay. Uh, you're already declaring right. that? We're declaring it. It's really? been done. Yeah, we... Great. Uh, we all just... Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, that's fun that you say that. I think have you talked to CJ about that? Or? We have. We have <laughs> talked to the staff. Everybody's kind of like, yeah. I mean, if we, we, I think if we wanted to do, we needed more time. I, I think we're just kind of slammed with what we're doing. Mm -hmm. 
if we wanted to do a proper pumpkin beer, we would get it would fresh. have to be out already. It would no. <laughs> so that was another requirement. Like, we, pumpkins everywhere. Yeah, right? pumpkins no, this out is, that's, that's just as illegal as having Christmas shops, Christmas in shops, right? In, 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 in September or yeah. whatever. No, pumpkin beers are for October, right? You can do that on October. We would so if we were going to do a, an October pumpkin beer, it would be October first mm-hmm. at the earliest. It would be real pumpkin, probably roasted in an oven little bit of like little spice little none of that you know make it hard to drink right right but um nothing against the pumpkin beers out there but that's kind of like the when we were talking about doing it here here in house that's kind of the philosophy that we came up with it was if we're going to do this we got to do it right and we just don't have time for it right we'll wait till next year if you do it at all fair enough yeah. Hey, uh, you find no arguments here. We're burned out on pumpkin beers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, and it's only August 1st. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're burned out. We didn't even drink any. And we're just burned out yeah. from two years ago. Yeah, already over beer. it. Already over it. <laughs> but Funny. yeah, that's great. Uh, I already mentioned that uh, you started by selling cans. And mm-hmm. obviously you were in the stages of planning the brewery during the pandemic. So far, we've talked to breweries that were open before the pandemic. We talked to breweries that opened during the pandemic and you kind of opened on the tail end of the closing. But that doesn't mean that your plans weren't uh, changed during that. So was canning always something that you knew that you wanted to do from the jump? Or was that something that you saw we better get this, you know, planned ahead of time? Yeah, cans cans were always in the plan, but to a much smaller extent. Mm-hmm. And so we planned for maybe between five and ten percent cans. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of as an added bonus. Ultimately, I mean the place, the location that we chose was meant to be a neighborhood brewery, face right? So heavy draft focus. We're here to service the neighborhood. We're here to be a community space. But everyone likes to take cans home. Mm-hmm. Everything that pandemic changed all of that, right? Oh, so absolutely. during all of that, we saw it. Um, it didn't necessarily change the investment we made in cans, so we still do it manually, uh, very manually. Mm. <laughs> uh, but um, but can sales are a much bigger piece of, of of our overall sales right now, and we can see our get best guess is that'll stick around for quite a bit. Um, and so we're adjusting everything that we do. I would say the pandemic for us is. We still had to make the plan. We didn't know that the end was coming of of the restrictions during what all of our planning are, like the number of tables, the seating layout. Mm -hmm. We didn't know that that during that time, during the spring, early spring, that the restrictions were going to come to an end. So we still had to kind of create all the plans of how would we we react and what would we do. In the end, by the time we opened, um, we really only had about maybe two weeks where masks were required indoors at all Mm -hmm. times. And then vaccination rates picked up. And so we didn't really, we weren't open during kind of the the highest restriction phase uh, which was yeah just i mean lucky. it just lucky mm-hmm. yes yeah yeah unlucky because we were delayed so long <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, there's nothing, but not, lucky not. because we yeah maybe just missed some of that, that, uh, that delay, delays yeah. in opening a brewery in pennsylvania that's nothing that's new. standard yeah <laughs> that yeah. is a that's proud everybody. tradition yes <laughs> i don't yeah. i don't think we have ever Look. talked to any brewer or brewery that has opened when they said they thought they were going to open yeah i right. know right. we really wanted to like make that statement wrong and yeah we did not succeed so <laughs> right we'll try we, again one we, another I time think in, i think in the end we still feel pretty good about we didn't do too bad about the timeline mm-hmm. but we were we were late mm-hmm. yeah. later than late late meaning later than planned but it wasn't yeah. super 
too bad. Right. Well, we sat on the building, can, can, I mean, with nothing happening for about five months. Yeah. So we bought the building in October of 2019. Yeah. And just about when we were going to start off, kick off construction, the pandemic hit. Right. So yeah. and we literally were just kind of frozen in place for about five months doing nothing. Right. So that was kind of painful to see. But yeah. from there, we picked up we picked up some good momentum. And for us, the if I look back, because we were asked, you know, what did we take away from the pandemic? And I think one of the things it gave us the time that we probably wouldn't have had to get to know the community more because mm-hmm. um, we would have been focused on construction where we had five months really to not to do anything with the building. We couldn't mm-hmm. do anything with the building, really. Um, we could create more plans, but we met neighbors. We met other business owners. We met the BGC, the Bloomfield Garfield uh, Corporation. We met and it, those those relationships have become pretty critical, right, in, in becoming part of the neighborhood. People got to know us, right, a lot more um, in, you know, safe ways. Mm-hmm. But it was um, it was just some extra time that I think we use pretty well, not intentionally just naturally because we lived in the area too just to get to know the neighbors people Mm -hmm. are like why are you here what are you doing what you what do you do for a living right yeah so it was uh it was good Nice. nice. And, and I will say from, from I'll say an outsider's view, uh, from somebody outside the neighborhood, from the social media side of things, it was always interesting and kind of fun watching the social media updates of the build out of the of the brewery, what was happening, what was new, what was coming along, you know, all the equipment is coming in. Hey, we started our new batch. Hey, this is canning line came in. It was fun to watch all of that come through. And then all of a sudden, hey, we're going to be open in a week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of got... At, at the point of like a week and a half, we're going to be selling. Like, it, I, I don't think, I think even it was probably one week ahead of announcing it. We were like, Ooh, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> so you Are go, we really ready? Yeah, yeah like, no, no, uh, we're opening. Let's, let's go. Let's yeah. double check that. Yeah. Did you really say that? <laughs> right. There's no going back now. There was like, we, we we're going to have to put a date out there. Let's put it because we kept pushing it out, you know, at the end of 2020, you know, we'll be open in March. We'll be open in April. And then finally we're like, okay, May 27th. We're selling cans. <laughs> and, then, and then things move towards that, right? Yeah. Once you put out a date and, you know, you start to commit to stuff and things move towards it. So we, uh, but we had to back that up because we did our first, some of our first brews early, obviously earlier than that. So, right. mm-hmm. yeah. So what was the first beer that went through your system? Yeah. yeah. That Coles that you guys had, the first beer that went through the system. That was, was a Kolsch. number one. It was batch kind of zero. Together um, better Together Kolsch. better Kolsch. Um The idea there was that. We had confidence that we could make a good beer out of the gate, but in case we didn't, it was a relatively low cost kind of thing to dump. Mm-hmm. But we did we but in the end it was um what, number two seller out of the first five. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course the IPA kind of came in number one, but it wasn't the Kolsch of all beers. Right. The Coles <laughs> kind of came in as a relatively close number two. And it still is probably. And it's still probably right behind, number two. Right behind the hazy IPAs. Yeah. Yeah. The Together Better Coles always pulls. Yeah. And so it was, uh, there was some mistakes made on batch one that I think that's why batch two is a little bit better. But mm-hmm. we kind of came out of the gate pretty solid with that beer. And, yeah. and I think everybody really likes it. Every, and it's been fun because it's, it's a slightly sweet, low ABV, easy to drink great when it's cold you know it's hot outside so it's great when it's, it's a nice cold beer and uh i don't i don't you know we can say we got lucky with it but i think we just really planned for it. we had the time to plan for it mm-hmm. um practiced with water on the, <laughs> on the brew house and just kind of came out of the gate yeah. strong 
that's with the, that yeah, beer. That's I mean, definitely like a really water dependent beer. It's like, super. Yeah, you want to talk about water? We can go downstairs. And show you the equipment. <laughs> every beer recipe. Mike, Mike. Yeah, don't get Mike on water. <laughs> every beer recipe has a water recipe. Every beer, the rest, the water recipe is different. Um, we have reverse osmosis and a nice and a nice filtration system to make sure that right when we make a beer, the water that starts everything, you know, it's ninety something percent water right mm-hmm. so the water that goes into making that beer is meant for that beer yeah, yeah. So very that, important that's interesting to hear because like adam and i are home brewers and mm-hmm. our water is always the same it's always it's distilled yeah it's always mm-hmm. distilled Perfect. and like it's like half distilled and half spring yep but it's always the same you know profile mm-hmm. always the same minerals we hardly ever add too much into yeah. so yeah all our beers they taste the same unless we go really heavy on the adjuncts. <laughs> but it's it's nice to hear that you know, you have that attention to detail that you're going to change your water for every yeah. style. Right. Uh, we're coming up in the next segment. We'll be or not next segment, but within this episode, we're going to be trying a Goza, yeah. and we've talked about that style before. Of that's very very water dependent because it's based off a German waterfall that came off a mountain that was super salty and it was yep. just a natural spring that was all minerally. So anybody who tries to make that has to mimic that. That's a real <laughs> Willy Wonka shit there. Yeah. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Water's water. I mean, you go to the homebrew stuff like, yeah, if you want after the episode, we could talk through how we do, do water here. It's not super hard. And uh, we at this brewery believe that water is, I mean, beers from each region, like, Coles from Cologne and, you know, the Stouts from um, from Ireland and uh, the IPAs from Burton on Trent. Um, those beers are popular there or became delicious there because the water that was like mm-hmm. an evolutionary thing because the water drove those styles into into the tastiness that they are. Almost like pizza and bagels in New York. You always, correct, correct. You always hear that. 200 <laughs> percent correct. Right. Yeah. yeah. You always hear that. But great. Yes. Uh, so with that, uh, with you guys opening now, and then you've already mentioned how you've participated in First Friday as a community event. Uh, we're coming up on beer fest season mm. for this year. It's not usually all jammed in September, but right, right. September um, and August are busy. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, it's not usually like that. But um, yeah, with wet September, as we've been calling it coming up, uh, do you see anything? Do you see yourselves participating in those events? Do you have the ability to um, and uh, are there any other events that you see coming up? Yeah, I'll have you talk to the beer festivals. I think coming into this just as a really the types of events we want to have. We again, we want to be community kind of rooted. Right. Mm-hmm. So community events. Um, you know, we just had a brunch uh, here that was uh, pop up with veggies in that a vegan kind of pop up in the area. So he lives in the neighborhood. So really trying to support the community, but also want to be part of the beer industry. Right. And so then that beer community as well. So we are going to do some beer festivals. Um, we're doing, uh, actually a edutainment kind of events Saturday, the, the day, day after, after first Friday. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. With, um, Dave Bracey from barrel and flow fest. So we'll do things like that. And we're also doing a in bed by 10, um, dance party kind of event that is a few weeks after that. So in August 18th, 
13th, August 13th. 13th. <laughs> um, I'm checking with our events calendar right now. So um, those are the, <laughs> I mean, we're filling everything. in, we'll have an Oktoberfest kind of beer release um, in September. Mm -hmm. That's our own kind of uh, Schwartz beer or Meritzen, uh whatever Meritzen. you guys decide. Meritzen. Meritzen. The uh, Meritzen, sorry. Yep. And, uh, but the, we are going to do some beer festivals. Yeah. Like and it's hard to like, we, it's hard to like say what beer, we're going to do um, beers of the Berg, Three Rivers Beer Festival, um, we just had a beer festival though, kind of email us this morning and say that it's not going to happen. So it's hard mm -hmm. to say like what ones we're going to do, you know, because Delta variants roaring back a little bit, unfortunately. Right. Um, but yeah, we're like Jen said, um, focus locally, but also participate regionally or, you know, within Pittsburgh to mm -hmm. support the Pittsburgh Brewers Guild, especially, um, they've been super helpful to us. So the things that they want to, that they propose to do or that, you know, we want to do the things they do get out there and be with them, but also, um, make sure that, you know, while we, while we focus locally, make sure that our name is out there within the, within the city and within, right. within the County. Yeah. Region. Yeah. 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 It's it just curious because you guys are so new, but also, you know, we find like not every brewery can uh, participate in those events if they're like smaller or yeah. they just haven't had time to build up the reserves, so to say. Right. The beer to actually right. serve. Yeah. <laughs> so. so like the Pittsburgh Brewers Guild has a, um, it's like a can share. What's the event actually called the name of the event? Oh, it, oh it's, um, the beer markets, like the rolling beer market. Yeah, the rolling beer market. And they just had one last Friday at uh, Mindful with mm -hmm. a few of the breweries. And with so Intergroove we'll, from um, last episode. Yeah. yeah so Inter like those are our buddies. There. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're the best. Yeah, Intergroove is great. Yeah. Say, they're also water nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's why, that's, why we like that's why we like them. Yeah. They're great. Great families, great people. Great beer. Go see them too. I say that in the kindest way possible. I'm not offended. Don't be offended, Mike. He's also just a regular nerd nerd of engineering don't <laughs> you me too mechanical yeah. engineer yeah so welcome to the uh, the clan of pittsburgh breweries that have an engineer on staff yep <laughs> yeah you can fix a pump and make beer absolutely yeah. i got a pro i got a broken pump back there whenever the part comes in you can help me fix it all right all right we'll take a look after the show <laughs> Uh, sorry, we were nerd nature. No, it's fine. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. Like sorry. Too many engineers. There. Yeah. You're yeah. an engineer too. I know. I know. Um, the, <laughs> the way too many engineers. There way too many. The, but the, I think it's, it'll just be, it'll be great. But I mean, the traveling beer market, the Pittsburgh Brewers Guild will participate in that. Yeah. Beers of the Berg. Um, we were too late to get into the Barrel and Flow Fest. Mm -hmm. So we opened too late to be part of that. But we'll be part of kind of volunteering to support the Pittsburgh mm -hmm. Brewers Guild and Best some of the work. beer festival that they're yeah. doing in the country. There. Absolutely. Um, yeah. as, already, as you already said, though, you're having Dave Bracey come in on Saturday and you yeah. guys are going to have an event with that anyway. So He's, it's not like you didn't want to participate. It's right. just, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot yeah. that goes into that one, especially mm -hmm. with like, getting cans ready for Tavor with how big this thing's expanded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a great event. If it's yeah. anything like Fresh Fest, it'll mm. be. Yeah, I'm sure event. it will be. Yeah. yeah. And we know it will be. Yeah. Day's yep. great. Yeah. Yeah. Day's great. And then they also have um, the stewards of beer also mm -hmm. behind them this year, like helping plan and get everything ready. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. They'll be. It's going be, next level. That'll be a good event. September mm -hmm. 10th through the 12th, I believe. Go check it out. Yeah. So, yeah. And if we're wrong, tell us. Well, it's, it's <laughs> in and uh, about that area. It is. No, you're right. It's just about my calendar area. now. Well, you're right. Beers yeah. of the Berg is the 4th. Yeah. Barrel and Flow, 10th through the 11th. Very busy Saturday, September, nevertheless, though. Yeah. Yep. We hope, yep. And we hope that um, we don't see more of, like, the, the cancellations or delays or the, you know, kick it to next year kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It's been... 
It's been too long. We need, we need to get yeah. back into some festivals. It's fun. Yeah. I, yeah. I need to run a gauntlet here. <laughs> I need to go through a month worth of every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's why September and August, August is going to be busy and hopefully, you know, we don't make it worse by being so busy in August. Right. right. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. I don't know. Everybody go get your shots. Stop yeah. being an asshole. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. If we're saying it, yeah, go get your shots. Yeah. yeah. And once you're shots. done, you can celebrate with coming down to two phrase. Yeah. They yes. get there. Always, it's always sunny. Yes. With a beer. With a beer. It's always, always sunny, sunny with a beer. It's always yeah. sunny with a beer. And unfortunately, I can't talk about mine anymore because it's all gone. Yeah. Mine's yeah, <laughs> all gone too. We, we all finished. Our <laughs> yes. Good job. But yeah, it's a, it's a super refreshing, easy to drink, mm-hmm. uh, but it's got big flavor, big mouthfeel to it. It's like it's big for being 4.6. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, you definitely can put a bunch of these down with a slice of pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the nose definitely uh, is... I'll say uh, outkicks its coverage compared to the ABV. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That was intended. <laughs> so, and I think next, you know, version two, when we do the second version of it, I think even bigger, like a warmer mash again and uh, see if we can make it even, even fuller and keep it 4.6, 4.5%. Like oh, yeah. It. Right on. Yeah. As somebody who's getting up there in years, I appreciate that every <laughs> once in a while you get some lower ABV beers and I can have two or three of instead of those 12% bombs. Oh, I got to tell you, <laughs> as a female in the beer industry, lower ABV is critical. So we yeah. were putting beers up there. I'm like, how many can be five and below? <laughs> and <we laughs> That's our challenge few. because anything above five for, I mean, just the females and difficult, then I'm not going to generalize all females, but generally it's hard to have a few beers that are above five mm-hmm. and still like have, you know, and, and still be able to kind of do something afterwards. Right. And so I, uh, that was, as we're going through this, it's, it was important to have good beer, right. That was kind of that five range. Cause I right. knew I could have a few of them. Right. When mm-hmm. I go and look for beers, I first look at the ABV, then I look at the style. Right. And mm-hmm. there, I might have an option of two. So I'm going to be there for a while. I'm like, well, I've got two beers to drink. Right. So, and sometimes I have one that's like five and below. And so or none. it's, or yeah. none, right. Yeah. Or I do the calf pours, which are always great yeah. options. So, yeah. but, but still your menu does have the variety of everything. And you also have some bombers that are big enough for the six, six offensive line size people <laughs> like myself. So <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. I think that's, I mean, definitely. And we just introduced the double IPA, uh, the five horizons last week. So that's our first, uh, above 8% ABV nice. beer. So right um, we can do the full range, but definitely want to be able to service the full range. Yeah, it goes yeah. back to like, this is a social space. We don't, yeah. you know, we want everybody to come and kind of have a clear head as they drink their delicious beers and, and then go home clear headed too. Yeah. Not have to be worrying about, oh man, my head hurts or whatever. The next <laughs> right. <day. laughs> Everybody's got to walk the neighborhood on the way home. Right. right. Yeah. Great. Right. Yes. Right. But, Awesome. Well, we're going to come back with another beer from Two Phrase, and we're going to get to learn a little bit more about Mike and Jen and uh, a lot of other things coming up. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. First Sip Brew Box is a one of a kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including T-shirts, glassware and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. It's segment two of episode 213 of the Hop Nation USA podcast, and we're still live from Two Phrase Brewing in the heart of Garfield. We're still joined by Mike and Jen. And of course, we're drinking two phrase beer. So please, whoever wants to introduce the second one, go on ahead. 
So are you? Sure, I'll do it again. Um, yeah, this is the Sores Saison, and Sores is S O R apostrophe A C E. It's like the shortened version of Sriracha Ace. The hops that are um, profiled in this beer. This is a pretty basic saison. It's not like super funky. It's not super farmhousey. It's just like kind of Belgian French saison. Very simple, but it was meant to really showcase the Sriracha Ace hops. And uh, the nose is 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 there, but it's definitely like lemongrass and some tea in the flavor. The hot, so it's a, it's a dry hopped saison, which is kind of different in its own in its own right, but. Uh, it's not super hopped or super dry hopped or whirlpool hopped, but it's dry hopped nonetheless with this, you know, it's single hop dry hopped uh, or single hopped sriracha ace. And it really um, is meant to showcase the spice of the yeast from the saison with the lemongrass and the teeness of the, the, the hops. And it's, it's a super fun beer and it's, it's, for us, I think it's done better than expected. We brewed it as sort of one of these, you know, it'll be here for two or three months kind of, you know, survive the length of its longevity on draft and it's, we're going to run out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cans have been flying. People seem to like it. The, the tea part of it, like the feedback is the tea part of it, the taste and the aroma and the flavor of, um, yeah, like the lemongrass and the tea is just, it just makes people like it more. And it's, it's again, for the summer, it's kind of super crushable in the evenings. Mm-hmm. And that's a fun beer. It's a fun saison, not traditional, just boring. Not boring because saisons can be fun, but it's not just a regular saison. It's a mm-hmm. hop forward, hop centric saison. Yeah, Thanks. pretty fun. So, was there any particular inspiration uh, for yeah. brewing this beer? Right. So, so I am the first person to say that I don't have all of the creativity in this place. I, I don't know everything that we're going to make from even two weeks from now necessarily. So we ask around like, and so this beer comes from our taproom manager, taproom manager, Drew. Um, he likes Cezanne. He also likes Sriracha Ace hops. I know that this is a beer that he's had before. Um, he has had the Brooklyn version of this, which we don't know what that tastes like. We have not had it, but he was inspired to ask that we make a Cezanne with Sriracha Ace hops. Um, because he liked the the Brooklyn version of this beer, and so we made a a version. We have no idea how close or far away it is from. That's a fun, uh, that's a fun game. Yeah, <laughs> and so let us know. Yeah, if if anybody has some of this, we can't find the beer. So if we we don't know what it, yeah, you know, how it compares. But that's the inspiration. Is it was, it was requested by Drew, uh, our tapper manager, because this is what he likes and he loves it. Nice. Say so we can always tag Garrett Oliver. Yes, yeah, sure. Dear <laughs> Garrett, Oliver, know Garrett yeah. Oliver, because I would like to. Dave Bracy knows Garrett Oliver. <laughs> Dave Bracy knows everybody, so that's, that's where we should start. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, we we know Dave Bracy. So. That's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, again, looking at the beer, it looks a bit like a classic farmhouse. It's very of uh, that pale straw color, mm-hmm. you know, hazy. Uh, to smell it, it has those notes up front of the. It's estery, but it's also lemony. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say we talked the last segment that IPAs aren't Adams. It's thing. true. Saisons are one of my not things that I don't particularly love. And it's usually because of that ultra farmhouse mm-hmm. or ultra horse blanket flavor. Right. And neither of those are there. They so are <laughs> it, this comes off just much more. It, it has that little bit of funk, but I get more hop bitterness. And um, 
just it, like it, it has that uh, lemony teaness, like you were saying. So, yeah, I find this a lot more drinkable. It's a lot easier going down, and it's pretty clean drinking as well. So. It is, it is, but it, it doesn't lose the saison essence. Right? No, no, it, yeah. there is funk, and there is, yeah, there is, it's there. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And as somebody who who enjoys the saisons a lot more than Steve does, I, I like the fact that it still maintains what it's supposed to be it just sort of has that extra hop layer on top of it right. mm-hmm. yeah good thanks for saying that that's that's a great description thank you, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely doesn't bash you over the head so no yeah. and it's not yeah like and i think you're right too steve it, it's there is no horse blanket we're not intended to have it was about the hops you know saison you know, and it's kind of the simplest but you know saisons aren't simple mm-hmm. but really showcase that hop yeah yeah i think it does a good job so. awesome well, let's move on to learning a little bit more about Mike and Jen personally. <laughs> we, uh, what do you want to know? Well, one of the things I've read, I, 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 I do a little bit of research occasionally when I do these episodes. Oh, I was just going to start with social That's security dangerous. numbers. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, you ease them into that. Yeah. Uh, but I read in a number of interviews that you both had met over a beer from a mutual friend bringing you together. But right. you guys never say in the interviews what beer it was. <laughs> what beer were you drinking when you first met? Sure. <laughs> Probably don't remember. Yeah, it's back in 2001. Right. So I do have some, I don't know, we were thinking about this and... It's probably Miller Lite or Bud Light. At the time. No, it was better than Miller Lite. But I had, Light. I did have a, a liking in a of a Sam Adams cherry wheat. There was a lot of cherry. Oh, I was definitely a, like a big cherry wheat fan at the time. And um, I was a big guy into, or I'm still a big guy, but I'm still like a, a big into Sierra Nevada. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So pa- pale. so pale ale or cher- cherry wheat is probably. Yeah, it's a good I mean, chance for that. High, high, yeah, yeah. Back in those high likelihood, times. if it wasn't the first, we definitely had follow-up conversations over those beers (laughs) makes a lot of sense and having been in michigan there's definitely some founders in there so correct yeah Yeah. and bells before founders went weird but yeah (laughs) we got whole episodes on that we don't worry about that we probably contribute to that Um, but yeah those yeah those actually one thing i will say about that this is um this wasn't the beer we met over but probably the microbrewery that we spent mm. the most time at early mm-hmm. on, early on. Um, was in, in our neighborhood in just a suburb of Detroit was Dragon Mead. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. it was, I don't know where Dragon Mead is. I haven't been there in probably they're 15 there. plus years, but it was in a little there. strip mall in Warren, Michigan, which is where we, our first house was. And, uh, it was, we would walk over there, bring in food. We loved bringing food. And the other thing I loved about that is they gave you these, Cheap pretzels mm-hmm. and mustard, which mm. we always said when we opened a brewery, we would have pretzels and mustard. Mm. And we don't have, we have pretzels yeah, actually from Hammonds in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. So um, we don't have mustard. I think but, uh, we'd have to figure that out like a But Dragon Mead was one that we always, yeah. it was kind of our go-to like neighborhood um, brewery at the time. And it was, it, man, really fantastic beer. And really, I don't think it's gotten much bigger than it is, it it's was at the time, now, but, but just... Right fantastic beer and microbrewery mm-hmm. that was probably our first microbrewery big, we spent a lot of time together yeah, at. award-winning big menu delicious yeah. beer yeah delicious beer nice yeah. nice nice yeah. little and shout pretzels. out to them and we do have a, i bought you a tap handle yeah. one time it's probably in a it's in box there. somewhere it's, it's up to <laughs> <laughs> hopefully we've got some, well I, I know we have some midwest listeners but hopefully they just got all inspired to head over to dragon mead yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well should be. yeah. yeah. awesome 
So continuing on, on first and beers on the homebrew side, what was the first beer that you brewed? So I don't know that answer, but it was probably Sierra Nevada because like that was so when I started the homebrew, um, that was the beer that I was kind of drinking anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, my boss at the time, that was his homebrew. So like my boss professionally was also like sort of a first mentor for homebrewing on a better scale, I guess. He and his brother. I was brewing extract and he was brewing all grain. So I was like, you know, looking up to him for that. And then he was teaching us or teaching me and us that, um, how to use cascade hops, uh, more efficiently. So it was probably a Sierra Nevada was probably the first beer that I had made awesome. on the homebrew scale. And it was probably terrible, but we drank <laughs> it. I'm sure. Did, so, so does that mean you started all grain or did you? No, extract. You yeah, extract. I didn't. So I actually didn't start all grain. And so when, when we moved, I was extract and, you know, some partial, uh, what do you call it? Partial mash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With yeah, brew, yeah. Like brewing a bag. I think brewing a bag a little bit, but mostly extract until we moved to Korea. That's when I started to do all grain because extract really wasn't available there. So when mm-hmm. we were home brewing in Korea, we just didn't have the access to the ingredients like we have here in the States. So we were kind of forced to modify whatever cooler I had taken to Korea <laughs> to be a, a mash ton and brew all grain from there. And that's where we kind of started scaling differently yeah. with with all grain. Yeah. So was was there any sort of homebrew community there in, in South Korea? Yeah, we we were there at a fun time. There, The Americans, of course, we were in, in Seoul. And so there's a huge military base there. And so like a lot of the, I think a lot of the homebrewing centered around the base mm-hmm. so they were the ones buying most of the ingredients getting most of the ingredients probably reselling the most reselling most of the ingredients um but there was also this we saw like a transition just starting the some of the rules had ju- the legislation in korea just changed and they just started i think actually when we were there one of the first craft breweries that has grown and actually moved to jeju on magpie. like a production scale called magpie mm-hmm. um it was um i think it was a canadian and a Korean Korean American woman um, opened it and it's probably one of the bigger craft breweries there now but Mm -hmm. they they opened and they were like boiling on the stove in the middle of their tap room (laughs) homebrew scale but um, selling it Mm -hmm. and and so like when we first moved there I think craft beer meant Guinness and then we started to see um, Anderson Valley and we started to see some other things come in and then we started like Magpie comes and starts this well, the requirement was you needed so much brewing capacity right. in order to be a brewery, mm-hmm. right? Which cut out all the craft breweries there. Right. And so then they could actually, they could open, but then they could contract brew like some of the bigger volumes. And then the, the regulations continued to change. So but we but, saw, yeah. we saw some craft beers come in, the imports, we saw some little breweries doing it kind of a yeah. for sale homebrew scale. And then that's when home brewing kind of took off with the locals as well. With right on. Yeah, I think like we've talked about it way in the past, but it's very similar to Japan in that, like, I believe it might not be that way, but like in the past, homebrewing was illegal in Japan. Mm. So it kept that culture of people who start up, it, it, mm. it stopped startup culture. Mm-hmm. So you had yep. to be a certain size yep. to be a brewery. You had to have a certain right. amount of capital. But yeah, that, that's a, that's interesting. I, I know we've also may have mentioned Magpie. Really? In a, oh, yeah. in a way off. It's a, it's an episode way in the back. It might be one of the Halloween episodes. Okay. But it's we were doing references to Train to Busan, the movie. Ah, and I yeah. believe we were doing uh, breweries along the way. 
they would find in Seoul and everything for uh, if you were running with the train to Busan. It's a, it's a real deep cut reference. So it seems to me like we need to run a contest where somebody needs to go back and listen to all the episodes <laughs> and find what episode number that find, was. Find, find that deep, deep reference that Steve right. just had triggered in his brain. And get, us, get us an episode number and a timestamp. Yeah. And if you're listening in Korea... Take a picture. Take sure a selfie enough. with yeah. some magpie. Yeah. Ooh, send it in. <laughs> They're delicious. It was it was a fun little brewery. Great people. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it's definitely something I read about. And I also read about how like Korea had been also pushing out a lot of Sapporo products. Mm. It, it's, it's all coming to me at the same time. <laughs> You're just having a head rush. I'm just having a head rush of things that I remember. <laughs> yeah. that, like, I feel like there was, a, there was an article I just read that was either, I thought it was Korea that's overall the... Craft beer industry is flat or down, but craft breweries are rising. Mm-hmm. And so it's definitely been a transition time for them. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something that's blowing up over there. Globally. Yes. Cool to check out. It would, it would be something I would want to check out as well. But do it. All it takes is it. seven little lottery numbers, Steve. Yeah. Do, do a podcast from Seoul. Oh, do yeah. It, totally it. will. <laughs> Just got to hit that Powerball and or Mega Millions. <laughs> Might be post-COVID stuff too. Man. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm vaccinated. Don't let me in. I'm like, I've been a good boy. <laughs> but uh, do you have any like horror stories from when you're homebrewing? Everybody does, but is there any one particular batch or, you know, just mishap that sticks out to you? There was one we bottled. It was in Bombers. It was like a Belgian with coriander, probably like orange peel, probably too. And it was infected. Mm. I drank it all. Ooh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was it was terrible, and it was one of those ones where it continued to ferment. Like you knew it was infected because it continued to like get extra fizzy in the bottles. You're like, oh, these are probably going to explode, and they didn't. Um, that's probably the biggest infection we, or the biggest, yeah, negative story we have is just a off Belgian. Probably the coriander carried something in with it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think my nightmares just come in and like cleaning the bottles. Uh, Mike, yeah, he's yeah. A crazy. So, like, I think that the, Mike is the, like in, in, yeah, he's a crazy cleaner. But I think, that, <laughs> which is a good thing in brewing, but like, it is uh, his standard of cleaning is very high. Cleaning <laughs> bottles is not a fun thing. <laughs> I, I think we get into like professional brewing because, well, we're, we're doing cans now, but if we're kegging beer, we don't have to clean a whole bunch of little twenty-two ounce when bottles. When we moved back from Korea, <laughs> so we moved from Korea to Michigan, Michigan to Tennessee, Tennessee to Pittsburgh in the past like six years, right? Mm-hmm. We carried with us about seven sh- moving boxes of b- empty bottles with us. <laughs> so you know you have a home brewer in the house when you're carrying around empty bottles between like four or five different living locations. No one liked doing it, but we did it anyway. <laughs> Finally, said when we moved here, we're opening the brewery. Can we get rid of the bottles? <laughs> Can we finally recycle these bottles, please? We donated them. We just got rid of them. I was going to ask, are the bottles in the back now? No, they were <laughs> donated to another brewer. Yeah. Literally carrying around cases of empty bottles. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. terrible. Not Some my of them, favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so was there a, a particular recipe while you were home brewing that kind of lit the light bulb that said, oh, I know what I'm doing. I can do this and I can do this well. Uh, so we made, uh, there's probably two. Like that's the original Sierra Nevada that I was brewing with Tom, my old boss. Um, it was good and it was pretty spot on. It was his recipe on his system that I was helping him with. It wasn't necessarily that I could repeat it Mm -hmm. on ours as an extract guy at the time. Um, but seeing him be able to, on a one barrel, you know, kegs that were cut open on the top, tiered gravity feed, 
system making Sierra Nevada, effectively making exactly mm -hmm. Sierra Nevada was really, really cool. So then, then the second beer was, uh, we actually made, what's the Bell's Super? I know, that's what, I thought that's where you were going. Too, no, not no, too No, hard. no, the cat Tastes like cat pee. They always oh. released it in January. Oh. Hop that. Slam. I hop made Slam. Hop Slam oh, with yeah. a whole bunch of honey and a yeah, whole yeah. bunch of hops. And the guy we went the home, over and Mike's like, we need is, like 10 pounds of honey. Yeah. Where the heck am I going to so get 10 pounds of honey? This is like when, when we were hitting yeah. like that hop Costco shortage. had 10 pounds of honey, by yeah, the way. Yeah, we did. We probably it. bought it from them. <laughs> we, and I go to the homebrew store, or the, like a local homebrew shop. And I'm like, I need all these hops. And he's, it was just like during the hop shortage, if you remember before 2010, mm -hmm. whenever that was. In 2009 or we made no, we made it 2009 because we made it for our going we away party away, yeah, to and, when we were leaving and, for Korea. Yeah. And the the store owner's like, no, I'm not giving you all these all these <laughs> oh. all this citra. I'm not giving it to you. And he eventually sold it to us, and we made 12 percent. Yeah, and yes. it was it hurt, and it was probably <laughs> a hangover city because it wasn't super clean. But like, we kind of made a beer that like everybody. Um, it was our sorry, farewell beer. Yeah, we made a beer that everybody was like, it's pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> it had burned and it was uh, big and it was in like hit 12%. I'm like, you know, we made a 12% beer. The mm -hmm. yeast survived. It was fun. So those are probably two, the two beers that kind of, you know, were inspirational in the process of, of, uh, the and then the and porters actually, you've made along the way. Yeah. There's been a lot of good porters. We made a good, like a couple good, uh, like, um, fruited beers too at home. Mm -hmm. And then when I was working in Nashville, little Harpeth, uh, we had a 20 something barrel. I never knew what the size of the system was because we always overproduced. Um, it was probably a like 22, but we made 27 or something like that. Mm. Um, but I made on the one barrel system, I made my first Berliner Weiss. Oh, okay. So kettle soured. That was my first kettle soured Berliner Weiss and crushed it. It sold out in the weekend. Nice. Um, <laughs> and, right, right. It was, yeah, it was super fun. Um, and then the other beer that I made for them, somebody in the middle of the summer, we would make a Schwarz beer in the winter. Mm -hmm. okay. And the, this woman came up and she was drunk on the, on the, at the counter and said, Hey, where's that Schwarz beer? And I'm like, we don't make that. I, I just happened to be like in the tap room one evening and mm -hmm. with the customers and, the, and someone was like, where's the Schwarz beer? And she said, I said, um, we don't make that in the summer. Uh, it's like 95 degrees and it's nine o'clock at night and it's 300% humidity. Why would you want a Schwarz beer? And she said, it's delicious. And then two seats down, the dude's like, yeah, it's really good. Make some. And so I, and so we did, I made a little like one barrel batch of Schwarz beer from the big, I had to like scale down the recipe, which I'd never done before, scaled down the recipe to make a, a one barrel Schwarz beer. And it also sold out in the weekend. And we're going to make that here eventually. It's delicious. <gasps> Do you like Schwartz beer? Yes. I love Schwartz beer too. It's and it and it's a good beer, like and it proved like so this is kind of gets into like this whole, you know, Jen's Porter has Jen's name on it. We're gonna mm -hmm. make Jen's Porter 365. We're gonna have it available 365 days because some people like dark beer in the middle of the summer. It's just that's right. Flavor and roast and not IPA in the summer. Mm -hmm. you know, Fully we support that on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's my is. one request is I would like a dark beer on tap so, all year round, please. So we, we this is another beer where we're like, well, this will last like two or three months, and and I had to make it again already because people are drinking porter in the summer, and mm -hmm. we'll we adjust, we'll we will adjust the recipe. It's a little drier right now. It's lower ABV, mm -hmm. and we may boost the mouthfeel and boost the ABV ABV for the winter, but people love. Porter in the summer. There's, a, there's totally a crowd for it. The, the shirt is all weather is stout weather. 
but <laughs> uh, everything you know under that umbrella of Porter, Schwartz beer, yeah. you know, even darker Doppelbox, sure. Dunkles and Browns yeah. are like way welcome in the city. So oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sign us up. Yeah. We're, yeah. And we're, we are we are signed up with you. Yeah, yeah. and if you need a <laughs> if you need a Porter in the summer, we right will on. have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right right on. have it. Call us out if we don't have. It. <laughs> okay. Well, that just if means I you sold out. It's probably being brewed. Yeah. Yeah. If I haven't already, yeah. Yeah. two more minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming. Hold on. Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's come back to the community. We've already talked about how many good restaurants are in the area, but now I kind of want to put you on the spot and tell have you tell us and the audience what are your favorite pairings of beers that you have on tap and uh, dishes that you can get, you know, within walking distance? So it's not a hard question to ask because we actually have done some official like tasting pairings. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're going to, we're working on an actually pairing menu that'll be up on our wall uh, with the local, like uh, with the local restaurants. So uh, we have actually done some official tasting. So it's been a hard day at work when you have to drink beer and eat food. Yeah. (laughs) And it's all tax deducted. Right. (laughs) When they bring the food and we bring the beer and it all, yeah, it's fun. So we've done some really great stuff. So Mike and I um, don't eat dairy or meat. Um, And so some of our preferences are going to be steered that way. But uh, we've done some pairings with SPAC, of course. And so two two doors over from us, SPAC Brothers. And they've got a new Cajun tempeh sandwich they just released. That is a really great match with our hazies. And at the time, we, we had a contrasting colors. Now we've got the LG2P on tap. And so those two actually go really well, or even like the Always Sunny. So one of those three is a really excellent match. Or even the um, the barbecue um, seitan wings, mm-hmm. we matched really well uh, with, with one of those hazy IPAs as well. And then I think, what was the, what was the thing? Uh, I don't remember, but I mean, it's always just pizza and beer too. Like you get Kolsch pizza, yep. 2FB, our pale ale and pizza. Yep. There's a lot that it's, it's a pizza and sandwich shop. So, mm-hmm. and then I think everything. one of the, one of the surprising pairings we did with soju yeah. was um, just with kimchi can be tent hard to pair with. Mm-hmm. And so if you think, and having lived in Korea, historically, they're really light beers. So if you got height, um, casts. And they're really, they're going to be your pilsners, cold, the closest thing we're going to have is a pilsner or a colch, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but we were surprised that actually the next beer we'll have here, the salty ginger goza, it is a really great match. And I don't know if it's the ginger pulling through because in the Korean, um, in the Korean cuisine, cuisine, there's a ton of ginger used. Um, and so we actually tried it and it was a really great match for, um, some of their stuff. And we're going to do a pop-up with uh, soju do a um a chimac pop-up later this uh in next month next month yep. next and chimac month. is chicken and make you make you is beer in korean oh, okay okay and um chimac so, is a meal it's very popular in korea so it's uh chicken and beer fried, fried chicken, chicken and beer, and beer. Oh. Oh, so yeah. it's <laughs> extremely popular in korea it's fried chicken and beer so very uh non-foreign to us and uh, we're going to do a pop-up because some of their spicy chicken sandwich, they also have a spicy tofu sandwich that goes really well with um, our goza. But um, so that was kind of a surprising match for us that after some tasting went really well. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds great. And I mean, Pittsburghers shouldn't be afraid of kimchi in any way. It's cabbage. It's Pittsburgh yeah. loves cabbage. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a cabbage and it's um, spicy. some spice, spicy. salt, carrots. It's yeah. great. Yeah. It's great. Sometimes, despite ourselves, yeah. we do love it. Yes. It's delicious. So yeah. good for you, too. He makes it in house. 
Long term, I would like to try to make a do a kettle sour with kimchi juice. Ooh, like ooh. do a kim do like a bacteria starter with kimchi juice, and it wouldn't taste like kimchi, but it would be right like kind of bread from Korean. Interesting. Sour. Interesting. Yeah, I like yeah. I like your train of thought on that. Yeah, we're gonna try it. <laughs> we're we're see all if it works. for experimentation. Yeah, this is the homebrewer coming through. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can do this. Yeah. We'll try it. Awesome. You need that one uh, one barrel pilot system back. Mm, a five gallon pilot system <laughs> yeah. is really where it's going to start, right? Yeah. All right. Well, for now, then let's come back to the beer that we are drinking. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that salty goza, uh, we are drinking the saison. Yes. And it is. Uh, it is not a a saison. Saison. Oh Sagon. my goodness. Ah. <laughs> So, uh, but yes, it is not a farmhouse ale. It's it's more of a, uh, a um, outskirts of the suburbs ale. <laughs> See, it, it definitely has those notes of like a wild Belgian. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, and there, there's funk in there. There's the esteriness on the nose, and there's a lot of flavor in it. But none of those flavors are horse blanket. Correct. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> it's like one of my biggest turnoffs in beer. I don't know why anybody ever thought that was a great idea. Let's have things taste like a 4-H club. <laughs> well, for, so for those of us that come from the sticks. <laughs> I come from the sticks. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I appreciate that it does have that that twist to it, but it also maintains its essence. I talked about that earlier. It's still the same. I talked about that when I had half a glass of it. I'm going to say it again when the glass is empty. Yes, it still maintains that that Saison essence, and I really like that about this beer. Mm-hmm. Good, nice. good beer. It's yeah. well executed. And in a world dominated by Citra and Mosaic, mm-hmm. it's nice to always have a different profile. <laughs> yes. I mean, Thank I, you. Good. Yes. I mean, we, we talk about that a lot. And it's like, I love, love Mosaic beers. Me I too. love single yeah, We have a bunch beers. of it here. Right. But it just getting a different profile is something nice. Like Strata beers. Get them more. <laughs> yes. Galaxy beers. They're great. But not easy to find. <laughs> not good. Not one. cheap. <laughs> not cheap either, right? <laughs> Fuggle needs more uh, more love in this more, world. Another more Fuggle p- plug. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I live that Fug life. <laughs> All right, we're gonna be uh, pouring up another beer. We're gonna come back for segment three, and we've got a bit of a quiz for everybody. Hooray! I didn't make it, so I'm scared. I'm scared. scared. I am too, because I don't know how good it's going to be. All right. We will be right back. Hi, I'm Matt. And I am Jesse. So, like, what is American Slacker, I guess, right? The highest amount of dick jokes per episode per podcast. We've been on the air for 57 straight years. 57 straight years of dick jokes. Things constantly soaring over my head. You're pulling my chain and your weekly weird news. We're also cannabis friendly. We kind of sneak it in there, almost like you're lacing the brownies at the family reunion. It's a ride of your motherfucking life. Fucking 11 when there's only 10 on the dial. Weapons of mass destruction. It's a threat to society. Food assaults. Yeah, that happens too sometimes. An ostrich took a lit match into a fireworks factory. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that one. No, that's our third story. Oh my God. America, what are you doing? So is someone dumb getting fucked over. Well, you know, they should have never gave raccoons price, in my opinion. <laughs> oh my God. You can help us. You can help everyone. Download our shit now. We're second America. Welcome back to segment three of episode 213 of the Hop Nation USA podcast. We're still here live from Two Phrase Brewing in Garfield. 
Pennsylvania. Hooray. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> yes. The neighborhoods. <laughs> We've been making a lot of neighborhood crawls lately. But uh, yes, we're still joined by Mike and Jen, and we're still drinking two-phrase beer. And so, Mike, if you want to introduce the third beer, go on ahead. Sure. This is the Salty Ginger. It's a Goza um, that we kind of created during the pandemic. Um, we like sour beers. Jen really likes Gozas. She'd ask me for a long time to make a ginger Goza. And then during the pandemic, during the virus, about like one year ago-ish now, I was a monster. I was salty. I was sour and spicy. <laughs> and uh, I'm a ginger. And so Jen's like, oh, this beard needs to be called the Salty Ginger. Because we had kind of created this beard during during lockdown when in an, a small apartment where, you know, there was eight, no, 600 square feet of living space before we moved up in the Bloomfield. Um, kind of created this beer. And Jen's like, you have to call it the Salty Ginger because... Yeah, you're the salty ginger. And so that's where this kind of came from. So this is a beer that it's a great base um, Berliner Weiss kind of sour uh, with the omega uh, bacteria uh, lacto blend. So okay. I think it's 605. And we love it because it's clean, but um, a little bit. There's a little bit of that uh, funk to it, but it just adds some flavor, not you know the horse blanket that we talked right. in the last segment that's, that can be overwhelming or off-putting. So it's a great kind of Berliner Weiss base. And then we salted it with some French sea salt from the Steel City Salt Company down in Millville. Oh, nice. And we chose that salt off over uh, tasting a few different kinds of salt. It's very low minerality, but still has that kind of good smooth. If, there, if salt can be described as smooth, uh, it's like a smooth salty taste. Uh, some coriander from them as well. They gave us some nice coriander to, to add to it. And then ginger. There's a bunch of just fresh um, liquid ginger in there too. So it's a nice balance of salty, sour, a little bit of spice and um, ginger. It's just a kind of balanced beer. It's done, and this is another one that's done pretty well here. Um, yeah, really in the tap room. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree that it is out a, of cans. A, a well done Goza. Thank you. Because yeah. I've been I've been drinking on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think the most remarkable thing about it right off the bat is just the look of it because mm -hmm. it looks like Chardonnay. <laughs> it's completely like clear all the way through. It looks yes. like white wine. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. Yeah. Actually, I haven't really thought about that. There's no findings in the kettle, or sorry, findings in the uh, fermenter to clarify. This is all just natural, like gravity, maybe salt. Pool. Actually, this is a good question. Maybe salt pulls things down, or maybe. maybe. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. The clarification was not intended. Like, <laughs> right, because this was this was like a fifty-fifty pilsner wheat. Um, it should be hazy, mm -hmm. kind of hazy, but it's mm -hmm. not. So actually, I hadn't really thought about that before. It's kind of clear. Thank, yeah. yeah, good yeah. observation. <laughs> Thank you. I have to yeah. figure that one out. <laughs> good, but it's it's great. I think it goes really well with the beer, and it has like that real brightness to it mm -hmm. on the flavor, and also very interestingly. And it's it's something that like I we haven't done as a home brewer, and it, but ginger flavor is so hard to get the pull through without just making like ginger beer from syrup. Yes, yeah, and right. so uh, the fact that you get like a, you get a tail end of ginger brightness on this. Thanks. After that kind of so, that salty minerality up front is yeah, it's mm -hmm. really good. So we spent some time on this. Um, you know, this is one of these. You know, in the in the in the mash tun, you write a recipe and you kind of mash and you you get what you get almost. Mm -hmm. But when you add spice or flavors um, in the 
in the fermenter, you get time to, you know, you don't want to add too much because it's hard to take out. But we spent, CJ, our, the other brewer here, our, our brewer, CJ and I spent a lot of time like adding ginger in steps to make sure that it was just the right amount. And we really wanted, there was a very intentional step-by-step kind of add in small amounts to make sure that it was balanced and not too overwhelming because ginger can be too much ginger is a bad thing. I mean, no. Gen- no. <laughs> Gen- well, yeah, I, I think we didn't want to put in too much. I think not everybody would agree with right, that. Right, right. Yeah. I think that we didn't want that to become a – we wanted the – it's a ginger goza, the salty ginger. We wanted ginger to be there. It's definitely on the nose and it's definitely there in the, in the taste. You can taste it, but – we did not want it to be this huge ginger bomb. Yeah. Right. So we definitely, CJ was great. She's got a great palate of, uh, we kind of step by step, just added some ginger and uh, figured out where to stop. Right on. It's nice. great. Yeah. And, and this, this beer, I think it would be a, a regular tour de force for using mm. it for pairings yes. with a lot of food. I, I think it brings a lot of versatility. It can pair with a lot of different types of foods as well. Uh, and yeah, if you bring this to any sort of dinner party or something like that, you can pair it with something there. Yeah. 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 I think it would pair really well with like fish and Asian cuisine as well. Since mm-hmm. ginger appears so much yeah. in Asian cuisine. Right. Uh, my, my suggestion though, I'm or listening. maybe hope it's not, it's not for you. I don't care if you're listening. <laughs> you're not, you can't affect this, <laughs> but if you can make one, maybe with that extra amount of ginger and make a spicy ginger instead of a salty ginger and to make make it big make it extra extra big and then it can also go towards first friday cocktails of making dark and stormies just a couple things so i got two <laughs> comments for you there's two comments one i'll skip to the second one for the the previous first friday we made a whiskey sour with mm. the it wasn't with the goza it wasn't with this but we took the some of the before we put we before we goza it up <laughs> We pulled just a keg of just the sour base and made a whiskey sour, mm-hmm. and it was great. And like that was very inspirational going forward. Like, how else you know could we use the, this this with some yeah. uh, as a beer cocktail? So I think you know you're right. You're on the right track, and that's where our heads are too. But there's a keg of this this goza downstairs that was the bottom of the fermenter, Ooh. and it's listed, it's labeled <laughs> extra gingery question mark because I know that all of that kind of came down to the bottom, right? And so you're we're pulling off the racking arm right at the bottom of the fermenter. I'm like, there's got to be more ginger. I can see more haziness pulling through the sight glass. That's got to be ginger. It's got to be extra gingery. So if you want to come back and like, <laughs> probably <laughs> next weekend is about the pace, right? Yeah. That it might be, we might be on the extra gingery question mark keg of gotcha. this stuff. <laughs> so, it is the last half barrel yeah, that we have. We're like right. a barrel, half, we're about a barrel left of this stuff. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. So if you, if you heard footsteps in the background, <laughs> that was Steve running over there with a Sharpie say, so he could write on the keg for Steve only. Yeah. 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 Fun. yeah. But yeah, uh, we did find that like sours and gozas are really good for cocktail making though because mm-hmm. we went to lincoln ave you know earlier in the summer mm-hmm. and he had a lime goza on tap and it tasted like exactly like a margarita and then they also just put tequila in it and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. made it extra good <laughs> well yeah for you i don't yeah, it was <laughs> it was uh, i don't do the tequila but i i got it it worked it, did. it definitely worked oh it like, worked yeah but awesome good beers and speaking of work it's time to put everybody to work okay it Do is I need time. a little worried. Do I I don't, we don't know what Do this need... means. So it is time for a little bit of fun. We're going to have a, a little bit of a quiz. Okay. So the name of the brewery is Two Phrase. Uh-huh. Whenever I hear Two Phrase, my mind automatically goes to 
rope. Frayed rope, things of that nature. Oh, okay. Frayed rope, frayed jeans, frayed jeans. Uh-huh. Yes. So this quiz is all based on your knowledge of ropes and knots. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. So, wow. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. So this will be... For, for those of you new to the show, Adam is an Eagle Scout. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't. And I grew up in the middle of the city, so yeah, so let's go. I will neither confirm nor deny that I pulled all of you straight from my brain. But how this is going to work is I'm going to give you a question. Uh, it is a, All of these are multiple choice questions. If you think you have the answer, you can answer the question without any multiple choice answers given for two points. Mm. If you don't know the answer or you might need a little bit of help, I can give you four multiple choice options. And if you answer correctly, you get one point. If you uh, get it wrong, either way, it goes on to the next person and they can steal for at least one point. So it's, it's, is it Jen versus me? Oh, no. It's oh. all it, every, every person for themselves. Every person, oh. So it's all three of us. All three of us. Got it. Right. No. Right. Yep. Huh. Welcome oh. to the Thunderdome. I thought we were on the same team. No. No. Well, Thunderdome, yeah. All right. So who would like to go first? Jen. Jen, would you like to go first? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All I'm, right. I'm, I'm brave. All right. Your question is, the nautical speed measurement knot equals one nautical mile per hour. Where does the term come from? Can I have the choices? Yes, you can. <laughs> Your options are, A, counting the number of knots in a rope tied to a piece of board thrown overboard. B, counting the number of knots needed to tie down a ship's mainsail. C, measuring the height of the flag required for the flag to fully fly stiff. Or D, no one actually knows. <laughs> Lost pirate knowledge. <laughs> can I call a friend? Can I like dial help? Or? Sure, you can yeah. ask the dogs behind you. How much <laughs> I'm going to go for C, just because SAT rolls... Just always taught me that. So C. C's get degrees. And that is incorrect. All right. Incorrect. So, Mike, would you like to steal? I'm going to try to steal. I'm going to go with D. No one knows. Because it's not K-N-O-T. It's N-A-U-T, nautical. That's where I'm going. And that is incorrect. That's also incorrect. <laughs> it's A. It is A. A. Count. Yes. <laughs> Well, how, how do you know how far apart those knots are? That sounds like that sounds crazy. <laughs> it's it was super not standardized or anything. Seventeen hundred not standard K N O T knot. So, Steve, you get one point. Hooray. Congratulations, <laughs> Mike. Are you Steve. ready? I'm ready. Your question. Yes. To earn the rank of first class in the Boy Scouts, how many knots must a scout know? Yeah, I'll take the multiple choice, please. Your options are five. Seven, nine, or eleven. I'm gonna go with eleven. And that is incorrect. Damn it. <laughs> Steve, would you like to steal as well? Seven. And Steve, once again on the board. What? Steve. Steve's like, cheating. Oh. He knows he's seen the notepad beforehand. <laughs> no, that one I actually knew because I got that far. <laughs> I got like, that far. Can you name the seven? Yeah. Or can you name at least half of the seven? Square knots, one of them. Um What's the granny knot? <laughs> what's the what's the one that's the uh, the the pull through? If you're asking questions on number two, <laughs> you ain't got it. Look, I knew I knew it was less than ten. So, 
Sorry, Less than you, 10, more than three you get, is my only thing. You get zero additional points on that I'm one. I'm not trying to get more points. Would you one. like your next question? Yeah. Okay. What are the two basic methods to repair a frayed rope end? It's a slipknot. I couldn't, like, not that, that's not my answer. Yeah, that the was slipknot is the thing I'm still working on that last answer. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't, like, I listened to slipknot. Why would I remember that? Final answer. Uh, to, to repair the two frayed ends? Yes. What are the two basic methods to repair a frayed rope end? You burn them and glue them. <laughs> is that your two-point response? That's my two-point response. That is incorrect. I liked one of them. I thought one of them was right. Yeah. I thought one of them was right. Yeah. yeah, why not? Jen, would you like to steal? Yeah, I'm just going to go without. They burn them in wax? Incorrect. Incorrect, yeah. Mike, you're up. Mike. I'm going to say you burn it and you, you put a knot on the end. Would you like your options? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're going to go back and let him get the options. We're going to go all the way around the table here. So, I'm gonna burn it, so I obviously answered wrong. <laughs> that, that is correct. Okay. I was correct and wrong and being wrong. Right? Correctly wrong. <laughs> correct that you were not correct. Got it. The two methods are to whip or to fuse. Yeah, burn and glue. Burn. That's that's a fuse. What's, what, what's what whip? Whip it. Whip is for natural fiber ropes, uh, where you can pull apart the strands and you can use a secondary piece of string to tie back the end. I think and I said it. knot and fuse. I think I got it right. Yeah, he said, he said burn them and knot. I think, I think this needs to go to the judges. That sounds right to me. We need to go well, to the let's judges. Go, let's go, let's go, Cyrus. Yeah, what do you think, Iris? Dog seems cool. <laughs> the the <laughs> judges are asleep, but Mike, I'll give you that. Uh, I'll give you that. Arguing. All right. Thank you. Jenny, you ready for <laughs> round two? Yeah, let's do this. Okay. I just need one point. If you found <laughs> a frayed part in your rope, what knot would you use to ensure the frayed rope doesn't break? Yeah, I'm not going to get one point with this. I'll take the multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> your options are a sheep bend, a sheep shank, a bowlin or a timber hitch? I haven't heard of Good any of those job. words. <laughs> Ever heard of any of those words? This is what a girl. This is what you do with a girl at the sit from the city. Mm -hmm. um, C tie knots. A bowlin? Just C. <laughs> <laughs> that is incorrect. Mike, would you like to steal? I'll steal. I, I know. I, th I think in the the only one I recognized was sheep shank. So we're gonna go with the. I think that was B. B sheep shank. And Mike, you have tied the game. That is correct. Oh, like, so I recognized the word and yeah, that was good yeah. enough. <laughs> Absolutely. I've heard of that one before. One step ahead of me. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, know what, didn't know what it does. Yeah. Well, I it, does, it does what he Apparently, whatever he, the, apparently <laughs> what the question was, which I also don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially what a sheep shank will do is it creates two separate loops or bites in the rope. And what you can do is between those loops, you can put the frayed piece of rope and that takes the tension off of that portion of the rope, which allows you to use it as you normally would. Mm, makes sense. Got it. There you go. Maybe I'll add a diagram to the YouTube video. <laughs> Sheep shank. <laughs> <laughs> Good. All right, We're Mike. All like you have a title for your episode. <laughs> Sheep shank. Yeah. Mike, are you ready for your question? Yes. All right. Measuring 823 feet long and 7 feet 2 inches in diameter. The world's largest rope made of natural materials was made in what country? I'm going to just go for the two. I'm going to go for the two pointer and say China. That is incorrect. Okay. Can I have choices? You can. And Mike, you might, you might kick yourself here in a little bit. Your options are 
Canada, Sweden, South Korea, or Portugal? South Korea. That is correct. Yeah, we're going to go with the, yeah, where we've been. Never saw it there when we were there, though. Oh. Must have missed that one. Did Jins not see the biggest rope? <laughs> Jins didn't. All right, Steve, are you ready? Sure. All right. The thief's knot was used to mimic what common knot to defer thievery along early American docks? Thievery. Thievery. <laughs> so it was probably like a knot that somebody got their hand stuck in is what I'm assuming is the way it works. So I don't know. Give me the choices. Your there. options are going on. the square knot, the bowen, the clove hitch, or the sheet bend. Clove hitch. That is Incorrect. Cool. Incorrect. <laughs> That's where I was getting. Can I have the can I have the options again? <laughs> that sounded like a, that sounded like a catchy knot. So. Yeah. I, there's a there's a there's a film called The Clove Hitch Killer. Uh, so that's why I just went with that. Oh, all right. Jen, your options are the square knot, the bowen, the clove hitch. Please don't pick that one, or the sheet bend. So C is not my friend. So I'm going to go with B. The bowen. Mm-hmm. That is incorrect. Yeah. Mike, your <laughs> options are the square knot or the sheet bend. For deterring people from stealing their boats, yeah? Yes. And we've got a 50-50 on this one now. It's the, it was the A versus the square and the D was... The sheet bend. Sheet bend. Do you I'm know what any it. of those look like? A square knot, I, 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 yeah, but the other one, no. Describe it. Go ahead. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so let's just go with the square knot. Since this, I'll go with the previous right answer. That, nope. Uh, we'll go with square knot A. And that is correct. Oh! Who's the king? You're welcome because we... Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it would deter any thieves. Right. <laughs> it's, it's the easiest one to look at and go... Let's <laughs> put... Yeah, like, because it goes over once and then back over. And that's exactly how it worked. To deter thieves? Because what, what sailors would do <laughs> is with the thieves knot, if you look at it, the, uh, the running ends would always be either at the top or at the bottom of the knot. But with the thieves knot, one running end is at the top and the other is at the bottom. Mm. So uh, it is a visual cue. Just confused cue. them? Yes. Oh. Oh. But did it catch thieves? No. It actually, I was just thinking that, like, it Dumb didn't lie. say it was an effective <laughs> oh, absolutely tool not. to catch oh, thieves. No. It just took them longer to get it undone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just thinking of, like, the old, like, the, the Bugs Bunny, like, uh, trap that Elmer Fudd <laughs> would set with, like, the, the rope and the carrot in the middle of the rope. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, oh, no. that'll, that'll catch a thief. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say they were great at it. <laughs> Jen, are you ready yeah. for round three? <laughs> it's my turn again? Yes. All right. Yes. Round three. All right. In 1995, this band debuted with its first album, Iowa. Oh, crap. <laughs> Music is like my second horrible category well, behind we... knots. <laughs> behind knots? Give me a first letter, Mike. <clears throat> I don't, if it's not Slipknot. Iowa? Is it Counting Crows? Is that your answer? Sure. No. No, okay. I'll take the choice. It was Omaha. Sorry. I'll take Benny Crows was Omaha. <laughs> wrong, wrong Midwest, Midwest state. Yeah. Mike, would you like your options? Yeah, I would love my options. Your options are slipknot, thin white rope. Oh, it was a knot. <laughs> shovels and rope or knothead. And the title was? Iowa. Can you say them again? I totally was slipknot and then. Your options were slipknot, yep. thin white rope, mm-hmm. shovels and rope or knothead. We're going to go with A. <sighs> Smart play. Yeah, right. Smart play. <laughs> yeah. 
You may have gotten a clue on some some local favorites on (laughs) my left ear. (laughs) R.I.P. Joey Jordan. Yeah, Yeah. you were waiting for that one, weren't you? No, I I didn't know. I assumed he would have a Slipknot in there at some point. Was that was Iowa really their nineteen ninety five? That doesn't sound right. I know it it doesn't. No, because it's got to be like an EP because they definitely (laughs) re-released as a second album Mm -hmm. Iowa. So, yeah, there has to be a, like an Iowa EP right. from 95. Probably from a, a very local uh, recording studio and distributor. Right, when they were living in Iowa. Right, which makes sense because it's cold Iowa. <laughs> Mike, are you ready for your next question? Yes. yes, please. All right. What is the name of the rope used to raise and lower a flag on a flagpole? It's called a rope, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) There is a particular name. Uh, I'll I'll take my choices, please. Your options are a (laughs) a line, a rope, a halyard, or a finial. I'm going to go with a line. That is incorrect. Okay. Steve. I'm going to go with finial because I've never heard of it. No. No, no. Cool. No. (laughs) Cool. Jen, you have have a prime opportunity to get on the board. Your options are rope. Or halyard. Halyard. That is correct. Good right. job. That is correct. He already said it wasn't rope. Uh, yeah. Kind of. He kind of gave it away. Yeah. yeah. Right. That it wasn't rope. So. Yeah. so Steve, a finial is actually the ornament that is at the top I didn't ask. of the flag. Well, I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> no one did, right? Yeah. I'm going to tell you anyways. <laughs> Was this a beer-related nerd question? <laughs> just general, general. Cool. Yeah, that's good. No, no, just kidding. All right, Steve, are you ready for your last question? Yeah, sure. All right. A monkey's fist knot is typically mm-hmm. used in what capacity? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it's hilarious. Whatever it is. is. <laughs> All right. Would hmm. you like your options? Yeah. Your options are to keep coiled rope in order, a weighted rope end, to tie banana bunches together, or connecting a climber's harness to their safety line. Um, I don't believe Mr. Tallyman had a monkey's fist when he tallied the bananas. So I'm going to go with B. A weighted rope end? Yeah. And that is correct. Nice. Well done. Nicely done. So after the uh, the normal round. Mm-hmm. The normal round. <laughs> there are more rope questions existing. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed with wrote this quiz. This is- we have Jen at one point. We have Mike at four points. And we have Steve also at four points. Right, Steve. And now it is Jen, time. Jen's always a comeback kid, though. That's right. Just and that's why we have with the final. With this ropes? single final <laughs> bonus question. Okay. And how much is it worth? This is worth four points. She could come and kill us. Yeah. That's right. Four points. And everybody gets, a, uh, gets the opportunity to answer. Uh, this is closest wins. Is Got it. Is everybody ready? We're ready. Sure. Okay. The biggest ball of twine in Minnesota oh. is measured at 12 feet in diameter. How much does it weigh? So if, if you could call a friend, I think the couple who introduced us saw this thing. <laughs> they did. I think so. I think this is one of those silly road trips that they took where if they saw a sign for something silly. 12 feet in diameter? Correct. It was twine? Twine, yeah. Not that garbage they have out in Kansas where they <laughs> used everything, including just nylon rope. It, it, nobody cares about that. It's got to be twine. <laughs> Do I just put out a number? Yes. Do I have to go first? Is it like... A, no, anybody can go... Uh, is it Price is Right wins? Like Price is Right rules were... Without going over? Right. 
Sure. Okay. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> sure. 12,000 pounds. 12,000 pounds. 12 feet. Yeah. Okay. Mike or Steve? So Steve looks confident. I do not. I'm just is thinking. Is that his confident face? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't know what face I'm making. But it's not, I'm going a little, little less there, and you could, you can do the one dollar. This is where I get afraid of the. Fair $1. enough. Fair enough. So I'm going to do. I'll, I'll do eight hundred pounds. Eight hundred pounds. Eight hundred pounds for Mike. Yeah. Um. So I'm thinking about the Sam and Max computer game from back early in the day. <laughs> what? Who hasn't? And that, and that was one of the landmarks you could visit, and it had a rotating restaurant on top of it. So I don't think it was too scale. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with this. I'm just thinking. Um, <laughs> you vamping? Jen, Jen, yeah. Jen said 1,200 pounds. 12,000. 12,000. 12,000. Three zeros. I'll give it, ooh, what would 10 tons be? 10,000 probably. No, 10,000. <laughs> 10 tons would be 20,000 20, Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go 20,000 pounds. 20,000 pounds? It's a big old 10-ton ball of twine. All right. And since we have all agreed that the Price is Right rules are in effect, <laughs> your winner and champion is Jen. Wow. Really? What was it? Yes. So the actual yeah. weight is 17,400 pounds. But. <laughs> but. You went over. No, just you call it a but. <laughs> <laughs> With Steve's guess of 20,000 pounds, if Price is Right rules were not in effect, yeah. you would have won. won. Yeah. Steve, yep. you played yourself. I didn't play myself. I didn't ask for that. <laughs> well, yes, John, congratulations. You are winner and champion. Thanks. Your championship. Well, thanks zero knowledge of anything you smarter. ask. No, you yeah. say I'm the smartest rogue person in this room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> say that when guests come in. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I'm the smartest rogue person in here yes. right now? Challenge me. Smartest knowledge of rogue per the quiz. I've got an hour and a half podcast for you to listen to <laughs> to confirm. Prove that. Prove that. <laughs> So congratulations. Thanks. What did you win? I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> the right to go third and when we do the podium of beers. Yes. <laughs> All right. So, uh, let's come back. Just quick final thoughts on the salty ginger. Uh, it's a great Goza. I really like the look on it. I like the flavor on it. It's easy drinking. Again, everything we've had tonight is super crushable and super uh, amenable to the current conditions of the weather. Yes. As in great hot weather drinkers. Yes. Thank you. But and, and I would add to that, uh, that if you have a, a friend or cohort that doesn't like sour beers, but you're kind of trying to push them in that direction, use this beer as a jumping off point uh, to kind of get them in that direction. Because it is not overly sour or anything like that. Um, it's still, you know, it's still fairly, you know. It, it's beyond neutral, but compared to other sours, yeah. it's fairly neutral. But use this as a jumping off point to get people further into the sour game. As, as most gozas are good mm -hmm. for. But yes. th this one is definitely exemplar. exemplar eh, screw that word. <laughs> it's very good at it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good example of that, though. But of Thank you. a jumping off point, if you mm -hmm. want to get people into sours or dip your toe into that realm. As you should. Yeah. Uh, with that, though, we're going to go to the podium and we're going to rank all the beers that we drank tonight, bronze, silver and gold. And we're going to save Mike for last because he's the brewer and these are his babies. And we're going to make him pick his children. Yes. Uh, but it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, we know. That's why. We do. <laughs> but uh, Adam, would you like to go first? I would not? like to go first. And uh, I think I'm actually you didn't even hear me say or not. No, I would like to go first. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm on a roll, man. I'm going. 
Uh, and I and I believe that I am actually going to go in the order that we drank them. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the quality of the beer. I, I've, I've said this, honestly, I've said this the last two weeks, uh, and it still holds true here. It has nothing to do with the beer. It turns out it's the styles that I prefer is mm. how they're going to get ranked. Uh, so in the bronze medal position, the uh, it's always sunny with the beer in the session IPA. I'm going to put that in the bronze medal position. Uh, in the silver medal position, the Sir Sir Sores. Sores. I'm gonna have so much trouble with that. Oh. <laughs> you can say Sriracha. It's Sriracha. like a little too many syllables. I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna point and say saison. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. But uh, that was a that was a good beer. Uh, I I talked about it earlier. I liked how it still maintained that saisoniness of it. Uh, without being too too horse blanket. Uh, but this Goza, I really like this Goza. Uh, I could grab a four-pack of this, uh, have myself a time. Um, so that's going in the gold medal position, bar none. Yeah, I need more of that. Yeah, same. I mean, uh, my rankings are just a slightly different, but they're for the same reasons of just personal preference on style. In that the uh, the Cerace the is, I don't know, I, I don't completely love Saison's, but this one is drinkable for me because it doesn't push into those really extreme levels. Mm-hmm. So the way we said the Goza is good for uh, dipping your toe into the world of sours, I would say the Cerace is good for dipping your toe into the world of Saison's and farmhouses and more wild ales. Well said. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it, it's bronze for me, just personal preference. Silver, I'm going to put the uh, Session IPA. I I like it. It's good IPA. You can drink it all the time, uh, <laughs> you know, but the thing is I, I like my IPAs bigger. I, I like real heavy West Coast, mm. punchy in the mouth. You know, I, I that's that's my favorite style of IPA. But I get I get sessions. I get them. I understand. I know why people like them. <laughs> but this one's really good, too. And it has like that extra characteristics of a big mouthfeel. It's fuller than what you would get from a lot of really thin session IPAs. Like if you think of Founders All Day IPA, like this is bigger and more heavy. And it has a lot of uh, just richness to it that you don't get with a lot of sessions. So, yeah, enjoyable. But salty ginger, yeah. This is an all day, any day, all time. Like <laughs> this is river floating, grilling, doing yeah. what the fuck ever beer with. Like I, I know I've mentioned River Float in last episode too, but <laughs> this would this would be a really good River yeah. Float beer. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It's an all day drinker, mm-hmm. especially at four four percent. You can put a ton of these down, but it, it's not something that you won't be able to just uh, like none of the flavors you will wear on you in any way. It doesn't mm-hmm. blow your palate out in any way. You know, the ginger is present, but it doesn't strain you. So, yeah. And, and I just thought of something else while you were saying that this would also be a fantastic switch up beer. Yeah. Yeah. Great for a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Fantastic, fantastic for that as well. Yeah. Something to break up everything else. Yeah. So, yeah. It gets you back to center. Yep. With that, Jen, it's your turn. My turn? Yeah. So I think a little bit of my ranking is uh, knowing which ones are going to go away and which ones aren't going to be here as often. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll start from the bottom. I think the Always Sunny has probably got the bronze position for me because it's just it's probably always going to be there. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's um, and it's it's a great go to beer for me. Um, I love session IPAs can always go to them. And I love I love the flavor and the the mouthfeel of this one. Um, in the silver, I would put the Saison 
because I'm not a Saison drinker and, but I love the lemongrass and the tea that comes through with this and the, le- I just, for me, um, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really well done Saison. So it is, I'm probably one of the people that's like converted to a Saison from this, right? <laughs> and we'll look for more, right? Similar to this. Um, but the salty ginger by far takes the gold for me. So it is, it's yeah. From when we made it a year ago or so, more than a year ago, it was, I, been waiting for it to come back mm. for a long time. <laughs> and, um, and so it was, it was by far, right. My, one of my favorite beers. Uh, and I goes particularly love goes specifically, but I uh, love this beer and there's only two half barrels left. So I'm a little bit sad. <laughs> and one of them might be extra gingery. Uh, right. <laughs> so I'm a little bit sad, but I think, we'll I think I've got again. a hidden one in my fridge at home. So yeah, I, th- I think right we'll on. make it again. It, it is popular enough. I think we'll make this one again. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. No, and I'm going to, if I may go next. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to just repeat um, what you guys said. I think the session is kind of easy from a technical perspective point of view like um it's easy to throw hops at a beer um <laughs> mashing was the fun part of that beer and i think we can do so like i look at the bronze beer being the sunny always sunny with a uh, beer the session ipa i think i can do better still on that one so that one's my and i'm making air quotes least favorite because i know that i can do better on that one um and i think there's some that was my first time mashing at that hot um, temperature, and I think there's some room to improve. Silver, again, uh, like you guys said, the Saison, that, that came out way better. Like I wouldn't have expected to walk into this kind of a podcast and pick three beers and say, let's try this Saison. Um, but I'm, but we're kind of proud of that mm-hmm. for this beer because this beer is a surprise hit. Um, this gets into like the we're not afraid to try things here, and I think that's – what we're going to continue to do going forward. Um, but the beer came out pretty well. Like what you guys all said about it's an easy Saison. It's still Saison. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the, 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 the goes is just good. Uh, we, this is a, like we I talked about earlier, you know, you, because you're adding the salt and the ginger kind of in stages to the fermenter and you get to really fine tune scientifically with people tasting it. You get to really work on, what you expect and then what you can actually taste. And uh, we spend a lot of time on it. We're very proud of it. It's a good beer. Uh, we're very proud of like the, the sour base, um, the, the kind of the Berliner, Berliner Weiss base that we have. And then we, we, like I said, CJ and I and the team spent a lot of time just tweaking the flavors to make sure it was right. And it came out a home run. So we're very proud of it. That, that would definitely agree with you guys. It's the gold, gold medal there. Right on. So there you go. Everybody come down and check it out. Yeah, get that goes before it's, it's gone. Here. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Fight the first Friday crowd on Friday and might get the last of the yeah. extra gingery version. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Fight the crowd and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, awesome. Well, with that, uh, we're just going to turn it back over to Mike and Jen to just let us know about all the other events and social media where people can find you. Anything else that you want to talk about? Uh, now's your time. Just, yeah, anything else you have left? Um, we had a chance to talk a lot about the events coming up. So we threw in throughout the podcast, a lot of stuff that's going on. Um, I think the only other things we would, you know, we see coming up in our future being in Garfield, which with so many studios and artists around us, we definitely want to continue to be part of that community. So we will be kind of continuing to participate in first Fridays, but even beyond that, we want to continue, we want to build a program to have 
um, display art on our walls. And so that's, that'll be coming in our future. We just need a little bit more time to kind of develop that. Um, and, and, and I think that's a really important part of this community. Um, we're even talking to an artist right now about doing our first can art, kind of a debut of um, his um, art. And we're looking at a, a special can art for a special launch. So we'll be doing that periodically again to kind of debut local artists and really be a part of that community. Um, we talked to, yeah, the events first Friday. If you're listening to this Friday morning, please come out for first Friday. Super um, fun. The Day Bracy event on Saturday is tickets. So check out Instagram. But our Instagram is two phrase, at Two Phrase Brewery. Um, that's also our Facebook. And so everything Twitter we're handle. there, um, our team does a great job of keeping that all up to date with our events. If you need tickets, it's there um, and things like that. You can also sign up for our newsletter, which Mike is going to get back on someday. Um, <laughs> and uh, if you go on our website, you can sign up for the newsletter. Um, we've also got merchandise available in the shop through the website. And uh, but uh, probably for the most updated stuff, I would uh, check out social media. And that's T-W-O phrase. Correct. Yeah. Good yeah. clarification. It is the word spelled out T-W-O-F-R-A-Y-S brewery yeah. um, is our tag. Yep. Right. yep. right on. Right on. And if you want to find us, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on everything that starts with a pod and ends with a cast. So if you're on any of those platforms, leave a five-star review because... We are a six-phrase show, but they only let us use two. And that's a bigger crime than Adam coming up with all that not knowledge. <laughs> God, had, get another hobby. <laughs> I had fun with it. I'm the sure you did. The amount of knowledge on that quiz is like super impressive. I'm I think impressed. you should sell that quiz to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that not quiz to me is the way my horror movie quiz is to you. Yeah. <laughs> I got to dish it back to you once in a I while. Get it. I get it. I'm not that mad because I get it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for Mike and Jen and yeah. for having us in their space. And thanks to their marketing director, Stephanie, for setting this up for us. We didn't talk to her too much. You might hear her in the background yelling some answers and prying them, <laughs> prying them a little bit. But Stephanie's great. Yeah. yeah. Thanks but, for having us. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for drinking our beer. For sure. Yeah. 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 Anytime. Sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, with that said, we'll be back next week with something new and... I don't think it's going to be on location. No, I think we'll be in Hop Nation Central. We're going to take a break. <laughs> We're let going to the, go back to the studio. We'll let the turbos cool off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it'll be okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll have something for you new next week, though. We'll see you then. Goodbye. Like it's not overly. I'll get him. I'll get him. He's gonna. Uh oh. Are you dreaming? Are you dreaming?